welcome to the Scions Recap Show. My name is Akshay Ishwaran, and joining me is a man who would very, very much so like this to be an Indiana podcast today, Mr. Jake Grant. Hello. Hello. Yeah, um, that was something. That was something. We don't usually do this on Saturday nights. We haven't had to do the the raw reaction yet this year. Yeah, so this is going to be raw, unbridled emotion, uh, as it always is from us. Uh, actually, I think we'll, you know, cool it a little bit. But but we are recording this on Saturday night, just about an hour after Georgia Tech's game versus Boston College. Um there's still quite a bit of football still on TV, so when you when you get this, you'll probably know more uh, about the games that happen than we do currently. Uh, but you know, scheduling is tough. If uh, if you want me to go full raw, unbridled emotion, I could probably fake some tears. I got an onion in the fridge. Uh, I think I think we can do without the theatrics for now. Um, okay. okay, noted. I'll keep it in my back. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like like I said, we will talk about the recently concluded Boston College game. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the volleyball series versus Clemson. That's uh, and then and then we're going to jump around the jump around the ACC a little bit for games that ended before our current eight Eastern start time um, and maybe talk about some of the stuff that's currently in action. I'll drink to uh, that. Yeah. All right, Mr. Grant, do you want to get us started with talking about the Clemson Volleyball Series? Sure. Um, as you, Akshay, I know you know this, but I don't know if the rest of our listeners uh, know this, but Georgia Tech Volleyball was ranked number eight this week in the polls. Um, so very good for them. Uh, we like to see it. They hosted Clemson at O'Keefe Thursday and Friday uh, as part of, like, the pairs of games they've been doing. Won both games. uh, Gave up one set between the two games. Uh, Haven't lost to Clemson since, I think, my freshman year now. So 2016, I believe, was the last team that lost to to the Tigers. Um, I'm trying to vamp here. I don't know. It, it, it's it's interesting covering this team because a lot of it stays the same. They're consistent enough that Georgia Tech volleyball, you kind of know what you're going to get, except in one critical aspect. Um, they played well Thursday. It was a sweep. Friday, a um, little rough out of the start. Clemson won the second set to tie it at 1-1. And uh, Coach Collier made a uh, big change pulling Maddie McKissick, who has been the starting uh, – middle um wow i'm blanking uh anyways middle uh, blocker yes middle blocker there we go um for gosh i think this is in her third year doing that and uh for freshman bella D'Amico, and she played really well um i'm not saying that's the reason georgia tech won the next few sets that's probably not true but um looked really good out there had some good blocks had some good hits some good sets and that's kind of what we needed to I guess change things up. Um, not that Tech really got many different looks. Their their offense is diverse enough that you can get somebody from the back row up the middle uh, from either the right or the left, basically at whim, no matter where they're at in the rotation. Um, but 
Bella did a good job. Um, saw her call on a couple plays out there too. So definitely did what they needed to do. Uh, they sit um, atop the ACC. The worst they can do is finish tied for first in the conference. So I say we claim a conference championship, wash our hands of this, and uh, wait for baseball season. I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. I like uh, I like the idea of another banner, you know, Keith. I mean, I'm sad that they don't have an NIVC one up there uh, yet, but I'm sure COVID kind of played a role in those plans. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be up there at some point or other, probably. They're putting all that work into the place, too, so that, that'll probably yield some results at some point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, but we did see that project creep up i think it was like a year year and a half ago at this point uh talking about a renovation of o'keefe and i guess it is fully funded now by i think it was the zelnax did fully fund it but we haven't seen anything about what actually is happening um no renderings really just the one like weird headline image that we we saw um when we originally saw it I don't know where I got this vision in my head that they're going to blow out the wall above the south, uh, the south end and put like boxes up there. I may be making that up. Also, with the weird cap the highway thing that they just uh, came out with. Oh, yeah. That apparently is going to put a road right through O'Keefe that tech isn't not supporting, but isn't is supporting. I don't want to put words in their mouth. I, uh, had the pleasure and privilege of chatting with uh, Dr. Mr. Doctor, not Mrs. Doctor, Angel Cabrera two weeks ago. And the only thing he really like uh, tensed up at that I brought up, because, you know, we were talking about a lot of different stuff, um, was the mention of the highway project. So I would hope that Athletic mm. five, six, seven million dollars into making O'Keefe have functioning air conditioning and new banners and a luxury box area if it's just going to get knocked down for a road. But that's probably the most Atlanta thing I've ever damn heard. So, Hey, this is Atlanta. We, uh, we prioritize our highway construction projects uh, at the behest of, you know, common sense. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just put one right through uh Matheson while you're at it. That needs to go too. If we're talking buildings by the road. Ugh, that that plan is that plan is rough. Maybe we'll put that in the show notes so other people can jeer at it. Who knows? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I'm sure there's plenty of road nuts out here somewhere. People that like building truck nuts. You might say. Sure. No, no. Sure. Two on the nose. Two on the nose. Maybe just a bit. Okay. Well, moving on, we do have a slate of ACC games to talk about today. There is one currently in action down south in Coral Gables, but we can talk about the rest. What say you, Mr. Grant? Sure. Um, We can start with probably the first game, Louisville-Florida State, which is a battle of the two teams that competed to be worse than Georgia Tech this year. Uh, Somehow that is an improvement. Is improvement the word I'm looking for? No, somehow that is a title that is achievable this year. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this joke. Anyway, Louisville blew out Florida State by 31 points, 48 to 16. It is unclear which team is like it's unclear where Florida State is is going, especially a week after beating North Carolina ever so slightly. 
Um, I have no idea what to think of Louisville anymore. Yeah, Louisville seems to be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Football team right now. Um, 48-16 is a pretty convincing score no matter who you're playing. Um, again, they were at home. That might have helped a little bit. I don't know. It. That's about all I got. I don't think either of them are particularly good. All I'm saying is that loss looks even worse for UNC. Yep. Uh, moving right along. The other nooner, this one was on ESPN. Number 23, NC State 21. Number 14, UNC 48. Sidebar, real quick. Did you know that NC State was ranked? No, I did not. I didn't. I saw that come up, and I was absolutely shocked because there's no way NC State is as good as their record. Is. I think this is like a COVID thing, right? Because the because none of the Big Ten teams are, are actually ranked where they should be, um, and the Pac-12 hasn't started yet, so you're missing probably like eight-ish teams, right? <sighs> but uh, what? I, I, I mean, there's enough – Big Ten teams that are ranked that I don't think that's an issue anymore. I I wouldn't. I I'm think confused. This, I think this is a case of the voters seeing ooh four one. Let's put them in. Yeah, um, this isn't this isn't to denigrate anything that NC State has done. I mean, I, I I guess I haven't really watched NC State play this season enough to to, to make a value judgment here um, or a strength judgment here. But this is it's weird. I, yeah. Um, I mean, the game wasn't weird. This is kind of the expected result. UNC won by 27, um, 48 to 21. But NC State being ranked is weird. Yep. They also threw an atrocious looking uh, pick drill interception early in that game. That was brutal. Can't win games if you're doing that. But uh, somebody ought to call up Jeff Collins and tell him the same thing. Oh boy, we will we will get there. Hold hold your horses, buddy. Uh, before we get there, uh, the final nooner. This one was on the ACC Network. Syracuse twenty one, number one Clemson, and the uh, my recurring nightmare forty seven. Hey, they did. They they were what we knew they were in the second half. Uh, okay, Dan, not Danny Green. Who am I looking for? Uh, 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 Dan, no, damn it. Who is this green? I'm not going to remember who this coach is. Anyway, I I know the reference you're making and I feel bad that I can't remember. Dennis Green, yeah. Cardinals. Dennis, Dennis, there it is. I knew it was a green. Um, yeah, Q scored three times as many points as Tech did on Clemson and allowed, uh, almost like 40% of what Tech did. There's not really much more to say about that. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> let's not. The 3.30, I believe this was on your local regional sports network that no one can get anymore because Sinclair has decided to not renew contracts with YouTube TV and Hulu. Number 19, Virginia Tech 16, Wake Forest 23. I feel like Wake Forest always has one of these rando games that everybody's like, nah, they're not going to win that one buried in the season and this was that game at least vt didn't lose to old dominion again i mean you know wake forest vaunted very successful power five program 
I mean, Clawfence, baby. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue against that. Uh, but this, I, this was a we, this was a weird one, right? Because we didn't, when we talked two weeks ago now, because we we did take a week off last week. <laughs> we were talking about how Virginia Tech had people out still, but yep. I don't remember seeing holdouts for this game. This was a healthy Virginia Tech team. At full strength, they were somehow worse than they were at half strength. Go figure. That's that's weird. Mm-hmm. It is. It is weird. All right. Uh, another game of note in the 3.30 slot, but that looks to have been slightly delayed, probably due to weather. Number <laughs> three, Notre Dame absolutely boat races Pittsburgh 45-3. to that's 341 game to you, Mr. Ishwaran. How dare you? What did I say? I thought I said it was it was slightly delayed. You did, but 11 right. minutes. Yen got it right. We can get it right. No, we can't. We don't get paid for this. <laughs> yeah, we do because we love it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh huh. We get paid in exposure. Yeah, we we get paid in fun and friendship. Yeah, that is a that is a raw deal from where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> Nah, we I'm really not making making semester. money on that one for a while, but <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh also didn't have fun in this one. Seemingly, um, Notre Dame looks like the number three team in the country. Yeah, I, um, th- th- mm-hmm. for all the for all the vaunted Pitt super weapon is gonna fire kind of thing. I don't think you can call it before it happens. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. They get scared. Yeah. And also, Pitt did. Pitt did not have Kenny Pickett in this one, uh, while Notre Dame did have Ian Book, who had a slow start but uh, made some magic. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of Notre Dame fans laughing about it and get, and giving the sarcastic caps lowercase. You know, what I'm talking about font with the like Pitt mm-hmm. super weapon thing. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. looked completely outmatched in this football game. Yeah, and it's weird because we talk about Pitt having a good defense and not having an offense at all, and they had neither in this game. Yep. That yeah. Is- yeah. Let's see. So the 8 p.m. game on the ACC network is UVA at number 11, Miami. That one is currently in progress as we record. So uh, we will leave that result as a surprise or a research question to you, the uh, reader, because podcasting is a visual medium. Yes, uh, I was going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you have not seen a single second of that game, and neither have I, so nope. let's not uh, BS our beloved ob- audience. So, Nope, I have not. It's called podcast prep. We are professionals here, except we here. don't get paid. How Just like the student-athletes, we are professionals, but do not get paid. <laughs> yeah, every 30 seconds, we got a plug. No, no pay. Just, just podcast. No pay, only exposure. Boom, the fun of it. Anyways, speaking of not the fun of it, uh, let's talk about this afternoon, morning, the, the last couple hours that transpired in uh, in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. Uh, tech fell forty eight to twenty seven in a game that seemed farther apart then the final score makes it out to be. Um, I felt that the most impactful moment of the game uh, was the ultimate Irish peeler, uh, Ad- Adverts. Uh, how about you? 
Um, I was, before the joke, I just want to say, great call on saying it was closer than it was. If you had to say this game in one sentence, that would absolutely be how I would describe it. But um, I personally think Alien Shield was much more impactful for me than Mr. Fake Irish Accent Man, but... That was okay. So we do have to talk about the the ads here because ACC Network has some weird, weird stuff. Also, Irish ads for teams that are like like located in notably like high Irish ancestry areas or in this conference, like Notre Dame and Boston College. Like from a certain from a certain sense, and this is a stretch. It is a smart marketing gimmick. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. How many Irish people do you legitimately know in South Bend, Indiana? I can say for a fact I know absolutely zero. Okay. How many Illini do you know from Champaign? One, I think. I interned with a guy. You you interned with a legitimate Oh, oh, oh you mean like that. Oh, no, 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 no. no. No, 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 I don't no, no. think I don't think uh, Notre Dame Notre Dame might draw Irish people uh, from various places, but I I don't know if you're marketing to I, what do I know about the demographics of random cities in the ACC? But still, I I I don't think that the ultimate Irish peeler was going to like really stir up the uh, deep seated uh, cultural heritage of Joe Schmo watching it. You know, hey, don't ruin my dreams. All right. I, I you know, I really want to give the guy credit for his marketing gimmick. What 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 ad and gimmick would get you to buy something based on your heritage? Uh, I don't know. Something that spoke to like letting me down every single year at infinitum Atlanta sportsy like. Wow, that's quite the heritage. Yeah, it, you know, it's a. <laughs> It's a burden I must bear. And we all cry for you. Um, Surely you do. I hope you do. Oh, you know, you know I do. Um, in, in terms of the actual game, though. Yeah, we should probably talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I'm not going to blame any re- – like, I saw some people on Twitter and definitely people in group chats and, and group memes that I'm in not – from the rumble seat slack because we're very rational people all the time don't ask any questions why do you ask questions um just like throwing stuff on the refs or something like that this game was not won or lost by refereeing oh no 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 there like, were sir okay to be fair okay, there were maybe, questionable maybe. decisions but 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 your point is right there like you cannot say that the game hinged on those decisions no it, they, they didn't like Pull, pull the touchdown back that that could have been a fumble. Maybe we march down the field and it's a 14 point swing. We still lose. Like you can't, it, it, there's no, like you, you can't put it on the refs. I think this team is not well coached. And I think that shines through. And I hate to say that because I want to believe that this, this, you know, whole 404, the experiment thing is going to work, but the the amount of yellow laundry I saw on the field for things we can prevent halfway through the season is still way too high, way too mm-hmm. high. Yeah, it's 
I, I had something written up in our in our notes because we're we're not talking about you know the actual game recap but but at, at this stage but later on in my notes I had something along the lines of it's just it's frustrating to watch at, at, at this point like obviously you're coming off I mean in the last two weeks you, you won versus Louisville at home um, in a, in, a, in a weird game you, you kind of have to look at that game in a little bit of a different light and then you get the absolute snot beat out of you last week. And and this was sort of supposed to be, this is a perfect time for a bounce back performance. You're on the road. You know, you're, you, you know, you're more talented than that scoreline last week shows. And you're, you're playing against another, um, you're, you're against the team. You're more evenly matched with. And the, you can see it. You can see the positives. You can see what they're trying to do on offense. You can you can you can see those little sparks, but yep. it's just not it's not clicking. You, the, the, the there's an engine metaphor that I want to make, but I I don't have the mechanical engineering background to actually make it well. So I'm going to let you do that. But it it's just it, the mistakes and the the lack of discipline. It's just always at the worst possible time. And it's just like, go ahead. I, sorry, I, I was going to say like the first thing that came to mind when I was like, oh, like uh, metaphors was putting a like you know like a square peg in a round hole kind of thing because you know you still get the insinuations about like oh it's such a big change from the triple option or whatever on the broadcast, but I don't think I don't think that's the problem. Everybody seems to be miscalibrated by a half step on a tackle or. Mm-hmm. Two inches too short to wrap somebody up, or microseconds early on a snap, or, or whatever it is, it just doesn't seem like it's clicking. And I, I think we saw a game against Louisville where everything did click, right? We played a game where we created chaos, as much as I hate to spit out, um, you know, spit out the memes or whatever, but we created chaos. We were effective in the run game. We passed when we need to, needed to. And we didn't give up the ball. And when you drop three turnovers, including one that went back for a score, and another one that was in the opposing team's red zone, setting them up for a score, you're not going to win ball games. And, and maybe maybe that looks different if, like I said, they're, they're calibrated better or the tolerance is better. Whatever engineering metaphor you want to use, because you can use a bunch of them. Oh, he can use a bunch of them. <laughs> he knows I, too many. I don't know. Well, that's why they gave me that golden ring. But um, I don't know where, like, the buck doesn't seem like it's stopping anywhere. And that's what frustrates me. And I think, I think on top of that, you can only say it's on me a bunch of times before it just starts ringing empty, right? And I think... The Falcons saw that with Dan Quinn, and it happened. Like he said, we're pissed off so many times that it became a Twitter meme. Like he's, he he said it every single week last season, and every single week this this season. Yeah. Um, and and it became a Twitter meme. I'm not, I'm not saying that Collins needs to be treated the same way that Dan Dan Quinn's time in Atlanta came to an abrupt end. I'm not saying that at all. Don't get me wrong. I think both of us where we're at right now is just extremely frustrated with with execution it's extremely frustrated with 
with discipline and a lot of the a lot of these mistakes fall back on the coaching staff and and it's it's things that we 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 came into the season wanting to see progress wanting to see improvement and in some cases we've seen that jeff sims has been a bit of a revelation despite you know a, a pretty bad game today he he's been good average to good most of the season jameer gibbs has been great this season dante smith jordan mason all of these supporting cast and characters on, on the offensive side of the ball jamias griffin they've been good that's it's just been what one of the things that i think we've touched on a couple of times both within articles and and, and in in the writers room is when you hire a defensive coordinator that turned head coach, you expect a better defense. You expect some improvement on the defensive side of the ball, especially offensive side. And we have not seen significant improvement so far. And that, I think, has been the most frustrating part. Yeah, and... And I want to put this out there before we continue and before we get in, into a deeper hole. It is not easy for us as a staff and as fans to say this, sure, and not something we want to be something to, you know, have to talk like this. But even to allow myself this indulgence, I have friends on this team. I have friends on this staff. It's not easy to say, gosh, why aren't they better? I want to see them succeed. You know, like these aren't people, mm-hmm. that, you know, th- this is probably a rabbit hole, but it, these aren't people that are just separated from us. You know, they're, they're, they're people we know, they're people we respect, people we appreciate and people we know are quality individuals who are good at their jobs, but it's not translating. Mm-hmm. And again, to, to clarify, if you are still unclear, not calling for anyone's head we're not we're not blaming any of the players we're we're saying that a lot of the mistakes that ha- that we have seen from this Georgia Tech team so far have been mistakes that can be fixed with with better with more effective coaching maybe maybe that's the the line that we should be using not better but more effective and that's a, um, that's a ray of light too, isn't it? Like to to be able to say that, hey, we know these are problems that they could maybe probably sometime fix, right? Mm-hmm. And and it, and we've seen them they like clean it up at times. I mean, the, the Louisville game was clean. One of the things that we commented on after that game is that it was clean. Yep. And and it's something that we emphasize. Louisville was was minus three in the turnover margin that game, and it. And it bit them in the butt and then we we come over to this game in chestnut hill tech is now minus three in turnover margin and the they give up almost what was it 21 points in the first quarter off of turnovers well and what do you know we lost by three scores what do we do we beat louisville by three scores exactly so it's my to put it very simply like there are it's not that I'm not confident in the direction of a program. It's I want to see progress 
more progress and building on the progress that we've already made this season. And right now, I'm not seeing that. Yep. Yeah. And and I will give Jeff this credit. I, I like to be said after Louisville. We're handling the game better. We we didn't handle it well for Florida State. That's an important admission. That meant a lot to hear from me, right? Like I because I didn't think we handled it well. And then what did we do? We got our we hung in with it at, against UCF and then we got our butts kicked. But what did we do after Louisville? We got pounded. And then what did we do after Clemson? We kind of got pounded again. So like I, at some point there has to be a a an improvement in the things that we can't fix. Um and and, and if we want to look at things we can fix, we had a great run, right? We had good job establishing the ball. You put it in the show notes, 63%. Hashtag establish it. Yeah. Gibbs Gibbs is fantastic. Jeff Sims, when he makes the right read, sometimes he does like a freshman thing, you know, very good on the ground. It's just, it, again, and I, and I guess this is the last time I should say this before maybe we, we move on to either talking about the game in, in a little bit more specifics or, or we sort of uh, summarize it very briefly, but it, it's just, you can see it. Like you're saying, you can see it. You can see what they're trying to do, and it's and the 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 progress that you may be seeing is undone by simple simple mistakes. And, and again, it's not it's incredibly hard to coach a football team. That's why neither of us do it. It's incredibly hard to play the sport. Neither of us have played it, so sure we're talking out of our butts to a certain extent here about about the difficulty, but about the difficulty of adjusting certain things, but it's, it, we want to see progress at the end of the day. And yeah. we saw progress in, in week one versus Florida state. We saw some progress in week two. Honestly, we saw some progress yeah. versus UCF before the fourth quarter. It, it, we, we saw it not so much in, in week three versus Q's. I think that was Q's. Um, yep. And then we saw a lot of it versus uh, versus Louisville. I think I'm I'm missing one game in there, but we we saw a lot of progress versus Louisville. It, it, you want to keep building on your successes and and building a strong foundation, especially in what we're dubbing this year one. We came into this thinking this was the year one. This was not year two of Jeff Collins. This was year one, just based on. It, just based on the amount of effort that needed to be put in to really turn the Georgia Tech football program into a modern offense, modern-looking, Atlanta-driven program. Yeah, um, like, like I, I don't care what your opinion is about Paul Johnson. I personally liked him, but you, it's going to take time to transition anything to anything. That's natural. And, and, we, and and I think to a certain extent, it is hard to admit that takes time. Uh, and yeah. I know I've struggled with that at, at times while watching this season, too. Like, I've had to sort of pull myself back and be like, hey, this this is still going to take some time. But, and I think you were about to add a but at the end of that sentence, too. So you can go first. Well, I, I'm going to answer my but with a bit of a soliloquy. And you're a little bit used to this, so bear with me. 
My first game as a freshman at Georgia Tech was 2016 Labor Day weekend when we played Boston College in Ireland, right? Womp womp. We all know the game. We flew over there. Couldn't get the wreck on a plane over there, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Butker drills a great field goal. Mills scores with less than a minute left in the game. Tech wins 17-14. Wind up going 3-0 and to start the season against, I think, Mercer and Vanderbilt and set up a 3-0 Tech versus 3-0 Clemson matchup. And this is before the dawn of Super Clemson and probably our – This I is mean, the first year of Super Clemson. This is the first year of Super Clemson. But at the time, it was very much like a, ooh, like, what will happen? Like, very pivotal, right? So and- this – so to more color commentary here. This, if I remember correctly, was a Thursday night game. It was. Um, I had 1770 Lab until 6 p.m. It was. Yes, I had three tests the next day. <laughs> I remember it very well. Me too. It sucked. <laughs> but yes, um, color commentary. Point being, you you look at what we did that season, right? And, and I see I see the Boston College like coming back to it as a weird sense of full circle from 2016. You yeah, 2015 was bad, but you had the miracle on Techwood. You're still riding the Justin Thomas is our quarterback, running this funky but very successful offense. Um, old team, I guess, for the most part, you know, you have Justin Thomas, who's on his last run with tech. You have, uh, Harrison Butker, who is probably tech's most, uh, played in fantasy football, uh, current professional jacket, if that makes sense. So most relevant to your random ass fan. Wow. You're probably gonna have to bleep that. Um, but, uh, you look at where we've gone from there to where we are now. And it's just a very sharp divide coming back to play Boston College again, right? You go from a ground-pound game, Steve Adazio versus Paul Johnson uh, in a foreign country, to a not necessarily shootout, but, you know, offensive, defensive, special teams all around, very interesting struggle game in Boston in front of no fans with Jeff Collins and whoever the other guy, I forget his name is, Jeff Halfley. Yeah, that guy. Like it it just shows how fast this sport changes, I think. Life comes at you fast, my dude. Ferris but, Bueller tried to tell us. Uh, then again, it's been a full eligibility cycle since then. So what do I know? Yeah, and you're still at tech. So what do you know? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Thank you for Don't worry, buddy. Grad. Graduation is only a few short months away. <sighs> I cry. Anyway. All right. Just just quick, quickly summarizing the game because we've sort of complained for the last 20 to 30 minutes anyway. Um, like we said, Tech was uh, minus three in turnover margin. Um, tech should have kept running the ball probably. They, were, they had a 60% success rate. Uh, on the ground, they established the run game, hashtag establish it. Uh, but uh, at times, I think they should have just kept at it instead of throwing the ball. Um, Sims uh, took a seat at the end of the third quarter. Uh, James Graham came in in relief. Um, he was he was OK. Um, he, he looked quite a bit the same as last year. Uh, some good throws here and there. Uh, but. Some of his option reads were a little dodgy. 
Um, defensively, like we've been saying, it was a bit of a um, what's the most polite way to put this, Mr. Grant? Um, uh, interesting time. How's that? Uh, a little bit nicer than I would put it, but but sure, we'll go with that. Um, Tech's defense first, it's forced its first punt of the night with two minutes remaining in the third quarter. Um, and notes they did not, I don't think they forced a turnover in the time before that. So not great. Um, they allowed Boston College's season high in rushing yards at uh, 264 yards. Uh, and notably, this is a BC team that was not good at running the ball coming into this game. I think they had 96 yards per game on average uh, entering this afternoon. Um, special teams wise, uh, Presley Harvin III had a ton of 50 yard plus punts. Tech missed one extra point yet again. Uh, but Gavin Stewart hit the other three. Uh, and then sort of the so another lone bright spot, Tech did recover one of its two attempted onside kicks. Wanye Thomas made a pretty awesome-looking circus catch over a BC defender um, to, to recover that one after a weird bounce. Uh, he got injured and had to, uh, was uh, getting checked out on the ensuing drive, but he did come in later in the game um any other game thoughts uh i do have a conspiracy theory do you want to hear that oh god okay my conspiracy theory that is completely unfounded that i have no basis in fact for is that james graham got this garbage time over yates and uh gleason is so that they can try and convince him not to transfer uh, that is conspiracy theory E. Um, not knowing anything about what goes on inside the program, I don't think it's fair of us to speculate, but it's certainly a conspiracy theory. I was gonna say, I pulled that out of my butt just uh, just sitting here listening to you. Um, hey, 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 look, they didn't make him run a fake punt at the 50 in the uh, in the ACC championship game, all right? That's true. Um, I that would have been a one killer. Thing, one thing we got to talk about is Presley Harvin uncorking his arm again. Oh my goodness, that boy can throw. So uh, to be to be fair, I, I missed most of the first half of this game. Um, Whoa. But did not see that. So, so <laughs> I did not see that, but I do appreciate that Presley Harvin got a, got a chance to to throw the ball again. Yeah, it was right into three uh, three red shirts uh, and one. Uh, one wide receiver, though. So, well, that is uh, not what we would call particularly advised. Indeed. Um, uh, all right. Any more thoughts? Uh, I honestly think we sort of beat the horse into glue um, with <laughs> with our conversation earlier. Um, I do not have any sort of advanced stats and win probability at this time, just because we're recording this, like like we said, like a couple hours after the game. Those usually take a while to churn out on my end. Um, and obviously, SP Plus is not available right now, um, or updated SP Plus anyway. So, yeah. You know what this feels like? And I think it's very fitting that we're recording this immediately after the game. 
I'm pretty sure the last time we did something like this was right after the USF game. Uh, oh, yeah. And I feel very similar to I do after after watching that game down in Tampa for very different reasons. But Yeah, no, no, no. The Tampa one was like heat exhaustion plus frustration. And I think this one is just straight frustration. Yep. Yep. I'd agree. I don't have it's the, it's the same it's the same feeling of malaise. Malaise? Malaise? Yeah. Um so yeah, I think that is about all we have to talk about for the week or, or this week, I guess. Um I think we touched on it earlier, uh, but on Halloween night, tech uh faces off versus Notre Dame, um, who is currently undefeated both in and out of conference, uh, since they are in the Atlantic Coast Conference this season. Uh, that is a 3.30 kick on ABC. So that means Joe Tessitor and Greg McElroy believe yet again on the call. Um, I wish I had more thoughts about this game. But frankly, the uh, I think what we talked about earlier with all the all this stuff around the program um, kind of took most of my mind space while preparing for this episode. I might hate... Notre Dame just as much as I hate UGA. Okay, I can't say the same there. Um, I do have a friend that graduated from there, and I think his sister also currently goes there. So, um, yeah, I can't. I can't go that far. <laughs> yeah, when you come from Chicago uh, and your arch rival high school, three blocks down the street is a private Catholic school. You meet a lot of people that go to Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it should be an interesting game. Um, hopefully it goes better than our last home game against a top five team. Um, hopefully I, I think Notre inherently Notre Dame is a more beatable team than Clemson. And here I go talking myself up into how this team can beat. Okay. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's pump the brakes slightly. So I, I did run the win probability numbers on this right. I think it was during the midpoint of the week. Before the season, if you asked me, if you asked the model who, uh, what the probability of Tech beating Clemson would be, um, it gave Tech a pretty generous 10%. To reinforce your point, I believe it gave us 20% for Notre Dame. Now, would I put money on that? No, <laughs> not at all. I uh, I just you know let's let's not be terrible. That, that's all I'm gonna ask for. Yeah. Um. Again, it's not Clemson, but they're still good. They're number three for a reason. Um. But you know, when this team cleans stuff up, they have a chance. I think. You're Hopefully. talking yourself into it. You're, you're, you're doing it. You're talking yourself into it. <laughs> it's, it's my eternal optimist. I, what is the point of going through the rest of the season and not thinking we at least have a chance in these games? Higher you draft know? picks, bro. Ugh. Oh, wait. I'm getting, I'm getting a message. That, that's not a thing in college? Oh, oh, crap. Blind optimism, kid. Blind optimism. I'm an Atlanta sports fan. You can't do that to me. <laughs> I uh, I grew up on the strong drug of wait till next year. Wait till next year. Wait till ah, next I see you. I see you're from Athens, Georgia. No, no. I'm from the north side of Chicago. Even better. 
Womp womp. Uh, well, yeah, the TLDR in the Notre Dame game is, well, hope we're not terrible. That's that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, looking any sort of functional, uh, especially when Notre Dame sort of uh, starts out slow in the first quarter, as they seem to do in every single game so far. You know, if you look functional in the first quarter and maybe the first half, I will uh, chalk it up as a win. Yeah. Um, we've seen Boston College run out of the gate. We've seen Louisville play a great first half. We've seen Clemson play a great first half. Even the Florida State game, they played much better than us in the first half, right? So, Second half team, baby. Second half team, but, I mean, if we can play in the first half, we'll have a shot in the second. Hopefully. All right. Do you want to do some picks? Sure. Um, let me pull up. Let me pull up the old trusty spreadsheet. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Um, we did not do picks last week, but the week for obvious before, reasons. Yes. Um, the week before, I won five and you won three, which puts us at twenty-two to fifteen on the season. Uh, and as a podcast total, we are batting five twenty-nine. So. You know, on the money line, that might make you a little bit of money. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll I'll take it. All right, starting at noon on Halloween. Uh, this one's a spooky team color matchup here. Wake Forest at Syracuse on the ACC Network. How can you not pick the Demon Deacons on Halloween? Easy. Give me Wake. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take Wake. Cuse is, um, I say this full well, knowing that Cuse beat the brakes off of us to a certain extent, but yeah, give me, give me Wake Forest. You think that good. All right. What do we got next? Uh, the Nooner on ABC, Boston College visits Clemson, South Carolina. Ah, the orange and purple people. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Clemson. Boston College ain't going to win that game. Give me the orange people eaters of Clemson, South Carolina as well. Bruh, hot take, C-L-E-M-S-O, awkward pause, N. When they all yell that and it's 80,000 people, that's terrifying. Anyways, I can't see Boston College handling that well. Uh, well, you know, not 80,000 people that reduced capacity. It's only like 24 or something, but, but, you know, point, point stands. Uh, we will skip our game and on the three thirty slot and head to the 4 PM ACC network slot. Number 19, Virginia tech, which is bound to change after today's events at Louisville. Um, I'll take Virginia tech. I will take Louisville. Wow, because, you know, someone needs to be a contrarian, number one. And and number two, uh, I don't know what to think of Virginia Tech anymore. And I do think that Justin Fuente is going to get fired at the end of the season. I just have a hunch. Yeah, they're so used to uh, being ranked in the top ten and never doing anything with it. Hey, they got that trophy case to fill for a reason. Yeah, fair. Someday. <sighs> All right, what's next? All right, the 7 p.m., I assume this is on your RSN, but, you know, ESPN says it's on ESPN3. Uh, UNC Charlotte at Duke. Um, hmm. 
I'll take Duke. God, I wish we were picking against the spread because I think I would take UNC Charlotte if so. Um, but we are not. I will take Duke. Fair enough. Uh, last one is. I, the- I, I will say. I will say before we move on. Okay. Before okay, we right. move on, I I I do want to say something. Charlotte is a good G five program. Like I'm I'm kind of impressed with what they're building there. Um, I, I, of course, I haven't looked at their schedule, so click click in. Uh, wait for page to load. They are two and two in in the CUSA, and their losses are to App State and FAU. Question. You no, know, I'm fine with that. Why are they called the 49ers? They're in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's not anywhere. Close. I don't know. Mining. I don't know. I'm not I'm not think, a super expert here. You think I would know that, but I don't know that. So go figure. Anyway, the final game on the ACC Network on Halloween. Uh, number 14, North Carolina at Virginia, and this is in the 8 p.m. slot. Uh, give me Chapel Thrill. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Actually, no. I, I do know. Give me give me Mac Brown and the and the fighting Mac Browns. All right. Done. We're very uh, agreeable this week, Akshay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I really just want want a winning week for once. The yeah. ACC is, oh. is entirely a crapshoot. We're we're well aware of that. They built the whole dang plane out of the coastal this year. Yeah, the, the I mean, it seems like all of football is just a giant mess this year. But I, I'm I'm kind of here. They built the entire the entire country out of the coastal. Hey, if if Notre Dame. Faces up against Clemson, it'll be the eighth different coastal in air quotes team in the last eight years. So you can't see it, but I'm I'm tapping my forehead like the like the thinking guy meme. Ah, you're thinking. That's new. Very very new. I you know I've I've tried to adopt that uh, as a as a change of pace. Sometimes uh, clearly you know considering the last few weeks of picks, I have not done that. That is a bold and interesting choice, and I commend you for it. Uh, that I think with, with that snarky comment, I think that about wraps it up for the week. Unless you have any final notes to talk about. Nope, I got nothing. All right, Mr. Grant, thank you for taking the time to talk with me tonight. And listeners, we will see you next week. <laughs>